0: Good Friday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and welcome to Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. A great day here in downtown Charlottesville. In today's program, a spotlight on a candidate running for delegate. You know him as a former mayor of Charlottesville, Virginia, a housing advocate, um, just kind of someone who champions the Charlottesville area. We know him as as, as Dave Norris and, and, and as a good guy. And he's going to spend an hour and change with us taking your questions, um, talking about his platform. Um, I'm going to ask him about the competition. You have some of the competition watching the program as we speak. Um, and we're just going to talk about how... Um, I mean frankly speaking gentlemen if we go to the 3 shot and we welcome the guys Judah to Wickhauer our director we're going to know what June is it the 20th June 20th June 20th we yeah. have an idea of what's happening here and and Keith Smith I'm not super super smart here but that's that's not that far away June 20th let's put it that way <laughs>
1: Do I have enough I have enough fingers I could do yeah, it right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty close
1: That's pretty close that's pretty you pretty know close. You're, you're you know don't throw difficult questions at the marine at <laughs> Ten twenty in the morning okay on the second coffee <laughs> actually this is first, oh, first so we, we have a little catching up to do we'll catch so, up so the caffeine needs to kick in a little bit dave we'll catch in, order up. To, in order to do this the well,
2: evening not not to like throw a wrench into that narrative but actually early voting starts three weeks from now so there you go
0: it's it's here the election's here so what's um, the magic number i mean we have an off off year no president no governor What's the magic number of total votes history would suggest?
2: Well, if you look at the last time they had a... So Kathy, Galvin, and uh, Sally Hudson ran against each other for this seat. It was a slightly modified version of this seat. but And uh, Sally won about 6,000 votes, and Kathy won about 3,000 votes. Um, There will be more... (laughs) votes uh voters in the booth this time around because there's also a state senate uh race on the ballot which is going to draw a lot of people out uh sally hudson obviously running uh for that uh new seat state senate seat Creedee's moved here to run for that state senate seat um and uh, we have a bunch of city council races on the ballot as well. And so there's a lot of activity uh, happening. And so I expect we'll see more than just. I can, I can see the turnout in the city
1: being strong. Maybe some yeah. of the other, right. other jurisdictions, maybe, maybe not, not as heavy because of Correct. those local, local races. And but- also
0: because you have three candidates with name recognition. Um, you, you have Bellamy and Dave and Katrina. They have name recognition here. That's going to draw folks to the polls. So maybe the magic number, if you had it on the whiteboard, is 6,500 here? To, I mean, if, no, it's more than that. You think? Yeah, Over it, seven? In, in, in order to win this Yeah, game? yeah. Yeah, I mean, well. Because you've got be three
2: splitting votes. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about the primary now the right? primary. Well, yeah, at, at this point, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's what I was talking about before with yeah, Kathy and Sally. But, yeah, it could be. It could be right there. Yeah, So,
1: so we, we changed the district a little bit, right? That might be a good kickoff conversation. Some folks that may be watching or listening may not exactly know how the district got re- yeah. redistricted a little bit. So why don't you kick off that's, just a high level? That's a great
2: that. question, great point, because that's often the question I'm asked first. It's like, yeah. well, what district is this? What is the district? And, um, so Look at the, me, huh? <laughs> <so> good job. <laughs> the 54th district includes the entire city of Charlottesville and the sort of outer um, or, sorry, sorry the close in suburbs of Albemarle County. And so, um, so kind of goes north to Carsbrook and east to basically Pantops and south down to Mill Creek and, and points uh, around Mill it's Creek. Kind of the urban ring, right? It's the urban ring, yeah. And so, um, but most of the district is city. 55% of the district is uh, uh, city, 45% county by population. Um, and then you have the 55th district, which is. You know most of the rest of Albemarle County and other uh, some parts of other counties, and that's the one right now that Rob Bell represents. That's right. And he has uh, recently uh, d- announced that he's not going to be running for reelection. And so I don't know if the Republicans are planning to uh, run somebody for that seat. I assume they will. And then Kellen Squire and Amy Lawfer are running for the Democratic nomination.
1: So I do want to give a shout out to Rob Bell because um, he's in my district and i tell you what i don't know how he does it hell of a politician but anytime something happens in my life yeah. i get a letter personal letter from him i don't know how the man well how does about it. the
0: guy how about the guy not only rob but even his son side of the road with a big poster board uh thanking people on the side of the road mm-hmm. after the election yeah yeah when he wins races in years past literally outside my neighborhood thanking people yeah but no, Rob's
2: that, great at constituent service.
1: That's that's. Yeah. If you yeah. want to know how to do it, yeah. just look at his playbook. Because right. man, it, it's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I, I, yeah, I right. uh, the the um, all the recent votes related to real estate. I got a letter in the mail. Hey, mm-hmm. this is what happened. Now I'm, I'm in I'm a bit of a geek, so I kind of knew it about it already. Right, right. But for those who don't, in my my line of work, um, it's very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's let's talk a little bit more about you, Dave. So, why did you decide to do it, man?
2: Sure. Well, it's um, it's an opportunity that I couldn't pass up, and it's uh, it's an opportunity to bring about some change that's badly needed. Um, and uh, we need the state of Virginia to step up and be a better, better partner for our localities, for our communities, when it comes to some of the big challenges that we're facing here. Whether that's uh, affordable housing, which is what we're going to talk about today in, in some part, um, but, or a mental health reform. It could be economic opportunity. Um, we need uh, we need our state legislature to stand resolutely behind uh, the women of our uh, commonwealth when it comes to reproductive freedom, access to health care. Um, there's so many issues. I, and if you go to my website, which is votefordave.org, you'll see a long list. Look of at these, you, huh? <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 reasons why I'm running. That's why I'm running is to is to help create positive change. That's why I ran for city council. That's um, and that's why I'm running for state delegate. I my, the tagline on my campaign materials is a, it's a you know the proven leader with a bold vision for positive progressive change and. Mm. That's not only a bunch of words; it also happens to be true. And so, uh, people who know me know of my track record in bringing people together to get good things done. And that's both in the nonprofit world, where I've been involved for almost three decades now, uh, but also in the civic sphere as a as a city councilor, as a mayor. Um, I can point to a long record of accomplishments and I'm very proud of those. But uh, this is an opportunity to kind of build on that work, um, and particularly on issues like affordable housing, where um, we still have major challenges, and we need more support from the state to help us ru- uh, wrestle with them
0: absolutely i mean where do where do we begin there i mean well, do you want I to mean, start upzoning? do you want to start housing affordability well do you I want think to start I, I,
1: I think Dave wants to unveil his affordable housing or housing affordability, as I prefer to call it, uh, yeah. on the show. So if you want to kick off with that, then uh, I do want to get into the Drewberry because I've been getting a bunch of emails oh, and texts on that.
0: I mentioned to him we got one before the show. Yeah. And we got upzoning questions. Got we got it. questions. Sure. That we got so- a lot right here. A lot right here. Um, yeah, so we'll give so, you we'll uh, give you a few minutes, start, so. and then we're going to take it away from right. you. Yeah. And let, let <laughs> well, out. let's go. Let's go with uh, where do you want to start where? there?
2: Let me just dive in. I'm just going to dive in because, uh, and might, I'm going to start actually a little bit, um, a few years ago. Okay, um, when I was uh, in 2004 2005, I was running Potchum, which is a local homeless ministry, and we had people staying at our shelter every night who were homeless who were many of whom were working, some of them working full-time jobs, but what they had in common was they couldn't afford the cost of housing here. That was 2004, 2005. So This is not a new issue. Um, and in 2005, two different reports came out, one from the Monetary Area Community Action Agency, MACA, one from the Charleston Chamber of Commerce, both talking about needs of this region, needs of this community. And they both had the number one item on both of those reports, coming from two very different perspectives, was we need more affordable housing. The chamber was saying we need it because the people, our employers, are having a hard time attracting workers because the cost of housing is so high. MAC, an anti-poverty agency, said we need more affordable housing because our clients can't afford the cost of housing here. So when I ran for city council, that was the number one item on my platform was affordable housing. And the number one plank was to create a robust affordable housing fund in the city budget. Um, And uh, it took Three years of pushing and pushing and pushing, because there was a lot of opposition to it within City Hall and within certain segments of the community who were quite enamored with the status quo here um, and didn't see it as a that problem. That hasn't changed, by I lot. know. That's that's what I'm getting to. <laughs> Just so to. that you know. <laughs> In case you were wondering. That's exactly what I'm getting to, Keith. <laughs> um, that's okay, what I'll I'm, shut up. No, 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 no. You're, you're helping to lay the, the foundation. So... Um, but after about three years of advocacy and mobilizing, we, we would pack city council chambers with hundreds of residents, and um, and we finally got it passed, the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund, which, since its inception, has helped to construct, renovate, preserve, sustain over 2,000 units of affordable housing it's in this time. community. So yeah. it wasn't just lip service. We actually got it passed. It took a lot of work against a lot of opposition, and then it actually has produced results. Um, and that's the same mentality that I will bring to the General Assembly if I'm elected. Is um, you know the, the very first item on my platform, my affordable housing platform, which I'm unveiling here today on Real Talk with Keith Smith, is to expand the Virginia Housing Trust Fund, which is the state's equivalent of Charlottesville's affordable housing fund. Um, Charleston's affordable housing fund is capitalized right now around $200 per citizen. Per um, yeah, per citizen. Um, the state's housing fund is much smaller uh, on a per capita basis, um, and so I'm proposing that we work towards capitalizing that fund at about $100 per capita. I'd love eventually to get it to 200, but that's a huge lift from where they are now. Um, And why is that important? Because then we can start to build more of the housing that we need. Not just, I mean, there's all kinds of housing. We need first time home ownership. You have worked a lot on a community land trust, both locally, and I know you've been supportive of other land trusts around Mm -hmm. Virginia. be great to have more funding for that model. I'll take it. (laughs) I'm sure you will. (laughs) Um, Permanent supportive housing, which works to help get the chronically homeless off the street and into permanent housing. Um, Mixed income, mixed use, multifamily housing, revitalization of public housing, low-income housing, reparative housing, home renovations for the elderly. There's a long list of housing needs that without having a robust Virginia housing trust fund, we're not able to meet. So that's number one, is funding. That was the secret to getting 2,000 units built, re- supported, sustained, renovated here in Charlottesville, and that's the secret to, to starting to get our, our arms around. You know, there's a gap of over 200,000 units, affordable units, in the state of Virginia as a whole, and we've got to do more to get our arms around that need. So number one, first and foremost, I am going I'm to push to do in the General Assembly what I pushed to do successfully on the City Council and expand the supply of funding for affordable housing. Without dollars, nothing happens. We, we can talk and talk and talk, but dollars is ultimately what makes these things But the happen. second part
1: of that, and, yes. and, and, and thank you, I, I didn't get a chance to read into this, so I'm, I'm taking yeah. a bit of a stab here.
2: The second part
1: the second part of that is, how, how do we get these projects approved, right? right? So you can have the funding for them, but how do they get approved? Now, I can tell you some local... Or in elect- Charlottesville's
0: case, you don't even have the land to do the projects. That's. I mean, right now you don't have the land to do the projects in Charleston.
1: You don't have the land, but maybe with the upzoning, which we'll get into a little bit later, that might help. But I'm hearing from local elected officials, this in public meetings, this exact set of words that if we don't start approving projects locally, we're going to possibly get that removed from us at the state level. Is that possible? Is that? make any sense. Well, Is that even possible? It's,
2: you know, I, it's hard to believe, but then some states have done exactly that. Out west they have. In California right now, the um, localities who have not stepped up to um, create affordable housing strategies, the state has essentially said to developers, you have choice, builder's choice. You can build what you want. Um, well, you have to check certain boxes. I know, I know. Right, right, uh, but it's, um, it's definitely... It's not an idle threat. Now, I don't see it necessarily happening in Virginia that way, but if you go to number three, and I'm going to post this, by the way, on my on my website, Vote for Dave, and my social media today, but number three, I'll jump ahead a little bit, is we need stronger incentives for localities to eliminate onerous regulatory barriers to housing development. That's getting at what you're talking about. When it takes years to approve a housing project, um, when it Co- the the carrying costs as you know
0: this is uh, this is number three is uh, eliminate red tape. Yes, yes. That's what that number three means, right? We've and, heard that before, haven't huh? yeah. we? <laughs> I think I've that's heard, what that means. I mean, we heard,
2: we've
1: heard turning green tape. That's right. a lot of words.
0: That's a eliminate, red tape, tape, eliminate red tape. Eliminate red, red, um, red tape. and he's kicking in, buddy. It'll kick in in a, I a few see minutes. That, I
2: see that. <laughs> and that's one area that I actually, so I went to, well, you were there, Keith, at the, were you at the Virginia Governor's Housing Conference? I was. That's right. I actually didn't speak. This
1: was the first time I didn't speak, which was really awesome, because I I got a chance.
2: You didn't speak? I didn't speak. You didn't (laughs) speak?
1: Yeah, I didn't speak. Okay. I don't think huh? I did, did. You didn't I? speak? I don't remember you speaking. Yeah, I don't think thing. I did. I'm yeah.
0: surprised you didn't speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying right there. Is he busting my chalk? I
1: think <laughs> I so. Hold that's so. on a <laughs> second. That's the talk. Hold on a second. Give me a minute. <laughs> that's the me talk a minute. show Give me a minute. Here. minute. I was going to make a that's hair comment show. in the beginning oh, right. that one of the criteria to be on this he's set got is to have a really good set of hair. He's got great hair. And if elections are determined by that, you're doing good. Oh, he's looking
2: charming. He's
0: got great hair. No, actually, Both of
2: my opponents have excellent hair. One of my favorite
0: aspects of, uh, and y- you guys can tell that we know Dave. Uh, we know we know Bellamy. Uh, we know Dave. Good guy. We, we we just, he's a good guy here. One of my favorite aspects of his website, if you scroll down on the homepage below the fold, is the photo of Dave from yesteryear. I mean, <laughs> look at tall, skinny Dave no, right here. No, my oh. daughter is in my backpack. She's what, like, oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. So what year was that?
2: Well, she would have been that...
0: She's, she really is.
2: Wow. She was born in 2000, so that would have been 2002, maybe. Tw- Twenty years ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I did that math right. Uh, close. close. Close enough. <laughs> I think this yeah. is going to be You know Dave Don't ask for details okay? right. <laughs> no, This no, is no,
0: going to no. be The most uh, fun interview Dave has done <laughs> no, On yeah, his yeah. campaign trail Is this an interview? This, oh. Oh, is, this is, is an opportunity For people to get to know Dave here. <laughs> yeah, here's, exactly. the, here's the question I have for him Then I'll throw it to you here Keith We, I, I know you are a champion For housing affordability Or uh, affordable housing However we want to call it um, We talked earlier this week on 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 our 1230 show that in Pantops, there's now one-bedroom, one-bathrooms for 1800 a month. And this yes, is with yes. no walkability. Sure. Dairy Market, we love Dairy oh, Market. Yeah, sure. 2000 plus for a one-bedroom, one-bath. One and there's plenty of other spots in town where a one-bedroom, one-bath can get 2200 2300 a month. This is having an impact. I get it, the work that you guys do. But can that impact keep up with... Everything's
2: you know yeah I mean in free part, market
0: right right yeah.
2: that's that's and that's why I've said from the beginning and working on this issue is you have to be deliberate about it and you have to just be intentional about it and you have to keep pushing every month every year how do we – and ask the question, how do we build more units? I'm, how do we add more supply? I
1: literally got on the agenda – on the public portion of the agenda for Wednesday's Albemarle County Board of Supervisors because they were supposed to be talking about the developer incentives. And guess what's not on the agenda? The mm-hmm. developer incentives, right?
0: Well, you just talk – talk about the, mo- the, the pushing back of uh, the upzoning, what we were talking about before the show.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's – well – I I prefer zoning rewrite. We have a bit of a conflict on, on that, but zoning tomato rewrite, right. The, right. tomato 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 right. housing
2: housing affordability yeah. exactly yeah.
1: Housing, Well, I, I happen to think I'm right, but anyway, that's how, okay. But the uh, you know the 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 pushback is gonna is gonna be there because you know look. You're referring to the HOA conversation? No, no, no.
0: I'm referring to the I fact that it. this is all getting delayed again.
1: Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah. 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 So um, that's not surprised surprise to us, not surprised surprise to anybody who's watching. I have a mustache bet with, with Neil Williamson. Neil's watching. Neil Williamson, that, that that would be adopted by June 19th. I said no. He said yes. Oh. My mustache is doing good. Because what the last module, which I think is the most important module, from my perspective, is how the, the red tape is going to turn to green tape, right? How are we going to go ahead? Look, if we say this is what we're going to do, this is the models, this is the math, but it takes two years to get through the system, it's not going to help us out. So how they're going to do that is super important, and they just punted it another month. That's what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. yeah. That, That was supposed to come out on the 10th, It came out early this morning, maybe in May. Well, here's
0: the really intriguing
1: thing. And I got really excited. My mustache is in good shape.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the intriguing thing. And and I'm curious, and and maybe you can help me understand how um, what you're doing um, weaves through, say, like upzoning and and council-type stuff here. Because delegate is not council. Council is not delegate. But how does what you're doing impact things like a new council maybe coming in November – upzoning may not be approved, there's three spots up for grabs, how is that going to impact what they do with policy and upzoning and approval come January 1? Does your sphere get into this at all or no, Dave?
2: Well,
1: that's the question I was
0: trying to ask. Yeah. I
2: mean, I would say the short answer is no, only in that, obviously, uh, state government, uh, the General Assembly doesn't get involved in local zoning plans and uh, zoning rewrites, but um, certainly creating an environment that's um, supportive of building creative urban infill housing and creating a range of housing types that are affordable to the people that do the hard work of making the city function. Those are all things the state needs to step up on. Um, and uh, it's all stuff that's reflected in this platform. And um, so, yes and no, I mean, no, the, the state's not gonna tell Charlottesville you know, how to uh, implement its, its zoning. But it's interesting.
1: So, as you know, Charlottesville and Albemarle have a very specific carve out in the affordable housing unit uh, ordinance that actually the city and the county can pretty much do what it wants as long as it's wrapping in the housing affordability flag exclusive of, of the state. Is, is that not
2: correct? Yeah, the the there are different sort of carve-outs. Sure. Uh, the county's carve-out is one that in a certain sort of neighborhood model of um, development that a certain number of units are, can be uh, set aside for 80% of AMI, area median income, and below. Uh, but there's, there's honestly, Keith, and you know this better than I, there's so many loopholes in these yeah, things yeah, sure. that the practical result, and I've heard several county supervisors speak to this, the practical result has fallen far short of the original vision and purpose of that, that provision um, and what often happens is that a developer will put on the market a unit that's priced at 79.9% of AMI, and, and, uh, and they only have to put it on the market for a certain number of days, um, and if it doesn't sell... Well, that's
1: apparently coming back on Wednesday. We're going to find out about okay. that okay. Because, because the conversations I'm having is that they're kind of doing this back to what didn't work. Mm-hmm. Which was, mm-hmm. you know, put it out there for 90 days right, and all this right. kind of great stuff. I'll find yeah. out more on Wednesday and report report yeah. in. Uh, Arlington yeah. County adopted its missing middle. Right. That is huge That's, for the eastern Seaboard.
2: That was huge. That's why it made it onto this list here because that. I Talk think, about that and how do yeah. you feel about that? No, I think it was great. And um, because, again, we, and I, for people who may not know what missing middle housing is, uh, it, basically we're talking about. Um, you know, obviously, we have to address the housing needs for people at the very low end of the economic spectrum, zero to thirty percent of AMI. Um, the market does a great job of meeting the needs at the high people at the high end of the economic spectrum, but what about the people in the middle, the working class professionals, um, who are right now just being insanely priced out of this market? Um, and um, so, what Arlington and many localities are looking to do is create incentives and measures and provisions for more development of basically moderate income housing and different housing types. It's not necessarily always going to be a single family home on a half acre lot with a white picket fence around it. But let's create uh, you know provisions and incentives that allow um, you know higher density, moderate density, higher than what's there now, but moderate density housing in a neighborhood that might be very low density now to accommodate these new. Uh, Houses that so that people again, teachers, police officers, firefighters uh, can afford to live. I'll never forget the city council meeting we had, where we had some nimby's, not in my backyard folks that were, came that came to speak out against the particular um, infill housing project uh, that was targeted at. Um, it was zero to, I forget which one. It was either sixty percent or seventy percent, anyhow, of area median income. And I said to the planner, like, can you help us understand what that number means, what that translates to in terms of who is actually going to be living in this project? And it turns out that planner, the city planner who was reporting out to council, themselves uh, would qualify. So you're so the folks in the neighborhood saying we don't want this because it's going to bring in undesirables, it's going to lower our property values, it's going to drag down the neighborhood, and the the, the literal city planner who's presenting it to council would be one person. Who- so I
1: can tell you right now, if you did now that person could not afford it because AMI has right. gone up so high. Yeah,
2: yeah. So anyhow, it's um so missing middle is a key part of the strategy, and um, um, but we've got to address it all ends. I love the the old. Uh, and Neil Williamson quote, you know, all housing, I always butcher it, but Neil, weigh in. What's the,
0: all housing for all incomes everywhere, something like that. That's, that's pretty darn close. Um, he's so. watching right now and he's sharing some content. He's slinging some content. He says, uh, does Dave have a plan, you're talking about it, to make building homes easier in Virginia and it's more housing for everyone everywhere?
2: More housing, thank you. More housing for everyone everywhere. This yeah. is the plan that's that's getting at Neil's question. Uh, yeah. We're expanding the Virginia Housing Trust Fund. That's He's going to put us. it on the
0: website, too. I'll put
2: it on, yep. Yeah. Um, number two, make accessory dwelling units buy right throughout the state. If I want to add a mother-in-law apartment in, uh, in my house, uh, in my basement, uh, in my backyard, above my garage, the government shouldn't tell me I can't do that. That, to me, is the simplest, like, low-hanging fruit um, for how we can increase... So you're saying
1: at the state level, we're going to mandate that out to the local so, level. Well,
2: so... Mandate Yeah, so sure for the
1: give them the autonomy. The ability. <coughs> right. Give them right. the ability.
2: Start there. Excuse me. Um, autonomy. There was, there was a bill this year in the General Assembly. Sally put that in, right? Uh, Sally was involved in it, and uh, but then there was some like back and forth about whether it was going to be a mandate sure. uh, or whether, you know, and they got caught up in the language, and I don't believe anything actually resulted at the end of the day... But the purpose of that was and again, mandate has probably ended up being unpalatable for too many people, but the purpose of that is let's open it up that one option. If we do nothing else, uh, that one option is going to do so much to increase the affordable housing supply and bring more money into the pockets of homeowners. like um, so it's a win-win, and um, for, for those homeowners, well, it
1: helps. It helps. People stay in their communities, and it helps
2: people stay in their communities. It's just, um, it doesn't,
1: it, you know, you don't get uh, gentrified, frankly, right?
2: Right, um, so that's that's one we should be pushing for again. Eliminate owners' reg, eliminate cut red tape, Jerry. Eliminate owners' <laughs> regulatory barriers, um, encourage missing middle housing. We need a state level residence bill of rights for redevelopment. This is something that I worked on. Uh, very to define hard. Here. That, what, what does that mean? In Charlottesville, when the um, the Charlottesville Redevelopment Housing Authority was starting the process of redeveloping public housing initially, that got very sort of a cold reception from residents because they've seen in every in many other cities all over the country that when government comes in to improve neighborhoods, uh, too often the people that Get kicked out of those neighborhoods and aren't allowed back into the improved neighborhoods are the people that have lived there for generations in some cases, and so, um, so it's a very top-down approach. We we saw with vinegar Vinegar Hill here in Charlottesville with urban renewal, um, so there was a lot of distrust, and so uh, I sat down with uh, Alex Alex Galata, who is chair of uh, or uh, executive director of Legal Aid, um, Holly Edwards, uh, Joy Johnson, uh, a number of other people. Um, resident leaders, others, advocates, housing authority officials, brought them together, and over a period of months, we crafted on my laptop a residence bill of rights. It was the first one in the country that guaranteed resident involvement, guaranteed one-for-one replacement of all units, guaranteed that residents would have priority access to the jobs that were created in the construction process, guaranteed that the new units... Um, Uh, The new uh, apartments would have access to transportation and all the social services that residents needed. And that Bill of Rights is what allowed the redevelopment process to move forward. And now it's getting accolades all over the country. What's happening here in Charlottesville with resident-led redevelopment um, is is a gold standard, and we want to take that. It should be something um, that the state also... uh, So any state dollars that are attached to projects. Any low-income housing tax credits, for instance, which come through Virginia Housing um, should have a requirement for a a residence bill of rights for redevelopment. It makes neighborhood revitalization a truly inclusive and effective and successful enterprise versus a very top-down model which has failed consistently um,
0: and leaves low-income people out of luck. Where is he, he does meet and greets in uh, homes where he gets to know people, which I think is a great idea. Where does the housing um, point fall in importance like in comparison with, like say, gun violence, sure. repro- reproductive rights? I mean, there's been a lot over the course of, say, the last year, 18 months, yeah. so that's kind of penetrated the attention of housing affordability on the campaign trail. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Sorry, I'm
2: getting over a bug. So, Same. Um, Allergies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I hear a lot from uh, voters is um, you know, the cost of housing, as you said. Uh, gun violence is certainly a concern. There's no doubt about it. And um, uh, and But people are uh, wanting actual solutions. They're not wanting lip service. They're not wanting thoughts and prayers. They're wanting actual solutions. And so um, uh, in too many cases... Um, gun violence is um, a symptom of a—it's a sick society uh, that has easy access to high-power weaponry, you know. And so, um, and so, how do you address sort of the underlying uh, causes and issues? Um, we have serious mental health challenges. We have teen mental health is uh, mental illness is through the roof. We've got uh, major challenges with young people growing up. Uh, some of the young people at the forum you and I were at over there on, and Bellamy uh, over on 10th street. Yep. Um, uh, some of the young people in the room there were saying, and I don't, I don't want to put words in their mouth. They're like, look, we don't have positive adult role models and mentors. We don't have positive activities for young people. Um, people don't see a future for themselves here. Um, sort of, what do you expect? Like we need more investment in our young people. We need better options, better role models. Um, Mental health supports, all those things. So, I, un- I unveiled a mental health platform similar to this, talking about ways that we can invest in our mental health resources in our communities, not specifically relating to gun violence, but I do think it's going to have a positive impact on that. Um, so, gun violence um, obviously, you know, people are uh, very concerned about um, schools. Um, there's been some crazy stuff in the schools that I, you know, that we've all been hearing about. Um, uh, teachers are wanting uh, better pay. We're losing teachers in Virginia. Teachers locally are frustrated. Um, we have good teachers who are lo- leaving the system.
0: I've seen you wearing red yeah. in support of the teachers at school board meetings. I mean, it's talk um, to us about why you know, you're I passionate
2: have, about that. I have three children that came up through the Charlottesville public schools. And um, I'm a big advocate for um, good quality public schools. I'm a big advocate for teachers. Um, we have to support our teachers. We have to trust and listen to our teachers. I spoke at a Virginia Board of Education event recently um, where they were they are instituting new uh, history and social science standards that they basically um, hired some out-of-state. Consultants to come in and tell us how we should be teaching history and social sciences in Virginia, instead of sitting down with the, the, our local content experts, who are Virginia teachers, uh, but they disregarded Virginia teachers, and that, so the hmm. Virginia teachers were, of course, uh, understandably upset and spoke out at this public hearing in large numbers, and I was there to support them, and um, you know, so I, I and uh, collective bargaining obviously is an issue that's come up in this campaign. Um, and um, where the city of Charlottesville has um, really, to their credit, um, been absolutely. been a real pioneer in that, and Elmore, Elmore County has kind of been dragging their feet. But um, it's where do you hope- stand
0: with collective bargaining?
2: Oh, I'm a strong supporter. Um, I think it's when you improve uh, teacher wages, teacher working conditions, teacher morale, it absolutely improves the learning experience for those children, the educational experience. Um, so, um, so and Honestly, it's a huge step in retaining good teachers. Yeah. Um, if we want to have good schools, we have to attract and retain the best and brightest teachers. Well, and I think also a
0: point to make there, a point to also make there is Charlottesville City is doing this. so the market pressure, when the school system literally adjacent to Albemarles is right. doing it yeah. if Albemarle doesn't do it, it's going to further lose ground right Well. <clears throat> and there's an interesting equivalent to that
2: where the picture you talked about on my website you know the living wage Vote movement votefordave.org votefordave.org was from the living wage pro- you know I, I cut my teeth in Charlottesville politics advocating for a living wage this is when people were wearing the 8 dollar uh buttons cuz we were trying to get uva to pay their employees 8 dollars an hour at the time that was considered a living wage obviously it's not anymore but um and um uh, when and all the moral pressure in the world wasn't working. UVA well, was not budging.
1: Back to that eight bucks and get it back right. a little bit to housing. You made a presentation uh, with Matthew, right. Which rocked my world that even at twenty dollars an hour right now you can't afford.
0: Uh, well, what's the rent? a living wage? Yeah. UVA pays. UVA says the living wage is what fifteen. They finally <clears throat> brought it up to fifteen dollars Yeah, they say fifteen. Props to Michael Payne. He was involved with that as well. What sure would you can. say? What would you say is a living wage right now? Is it 20 bucks an hour? No.
2: I mean, if you, for a family of, uh, there, there's a, uh, you probably know Ridge Schuyler. He puts oh, yeah. out yeah. an Orange yeah. Dot report. Yeah. I think they said for, uh, a f- I'm trying to remember the number now. For, well, it's north of 20, because it was Well, north of 20. Because you uh, can't even get a rental at 20. Right, so, right. So. But it's it's not 50. 15 is not cutting it. But uh, at least 15 is better than what they were paying before. But And so kudos to Jim Ryan. Yeah, but, but
1: back to the housing thing, right? If we can get more units, therefore this, in theory the price will come down. We're gonna do the as you know I chair the, the the land trust. I'm also on the regional housing partnership yes. which is built by these four pillars, right? So I just want to read you back to your numbers about mm-hmm. who, who you can help. So we just closed our twenty-third home at the land trust. I got mm-hmm. some stats here for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Sixty five percent AMI. Nice. The average income was forty nine 49,428, let's call it 50, 50, 50 grand on that. And who we helped Albemarle Housing Improvement, Albemarle Public Schools, Charlottesville Public Schools, City of Charlottesville, City of Albemarle, and RICO. Somebody's coming from RICO out here. We've got folks in the construction but Design Electric, Farmington Club, Retired, UVA Hospital. These are all those folks that are in, in that $50,000 uh, AMI number. And by the way, 70% were female. Yeah, yeah. Largest buying profile, interesting, is, is female, single female buyers. Not in this, but in, in yeah, nation, yeah, yeah, yeah. nation, yeah. nation, mm-hmm. nationwide. But that's sixty-five percent AMI, which is I'm super proud of because our our top end goal is eighty. Right, we got it down to sixty-five. But that's and, not easy to do. And we did that all right. with six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So it can be done. Yeah. But to your point, you got to put everybody on that underneath that tent, and if you can't do that. Right. So getting back, so it's yeah. just to circle
2: I back. i got a lot for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me wrap this up real quick. Sure. So moral pressure wasn't working, protests, you name it. I mean, it was working, but not getting the job done. And then um, when I got into office, uh, Holly Edwards and I and others said, well, you know, the city of Charlottesville is not a small employer ourselves, and so maybe they'll listen to a little bit of economic pressure. And so we worked to get the wages of city employees up and city bus drivers and city, you name it, teachers and others up to where um, UVA, as another employer, was starting to lose employees to the city of Charlottesville. You know? um, And so I think that helped to change their minds a little bit. So you have to apply pressure from a variety of
0: angles. Uh, I love that. To get I love thoughts. that. I remember that. I remember that. Um, Dave, I think... Voters, um, including yours truly, are going to vote with um, schools and safety, mm-hmm. schools and uh, gun violence. And the schools have got a, a lot of layers to that, Onion. I got a message today from, um, and I think he's watching Albert Graves, who lives in Crozet. Boss is still late to pick his kid up mm-hmm. from school. Like we're talking. Every day, forty-five minutes, ninety minutes late. A lot of these families, like Greenwood, the the, the further suburbs, the deeper parts of Albemarle in particular, hmm. um, we know we've had fights and 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 drugs and violence. Um, we got the uh, education piece, the role of the parent with the teacher from a communication standpoint when it comes to LGBTQ plus issues. Um, so I don't know. I see schools and gun violence. I, I certainly hope housing is uh, is a, is a key talking point. Um, but I think those two have really like dominated the news cycle. So I, I don't I don't think you can separate any one of them.
1: You can't just laser focus on one. They're all tied together. To include health care, right? It's just sure, this, sure. and transportation, and right? All this is kind of yeah, grouped in together. Um, you can't just tackle yeah. one. Now I think if you tackle one it helps some of the other ones but again back to you know my wheelhouse which is the housing side of things if you can't house folks mm. then the rest of the stuff just gets worse and and this comes from a guy that grew up in the 70s in the city in new york city so I kind of understand how that whole yeah. spiral yeah. works but to to Jerry's question what what's your thoughts on No that? I don't
2: I don't disagree those are major issues um I think you know, people uh, come to the polls for all kinds of different motives. And, um, but, uh, you know, obviously parents um, have a vested interest in seeing their kids succeed in school. Uh, Right now, a lot of kids are struggling in school. And so um, when I unveiled my mental health platform, I talked about creating a Virginia Community Mental Health Corps that's going to put a lot of mental health support workers, trained mental health support workers in our schools to help address some of the challenges that we're seeing in our schools. Um, When I was on city council, I took the lead role in um, getting Charlottesville schools to adopt a a three-year-old preschool program, which is now... Um, serving hundreds of kids, and so um, uh, helped to get a fatherhood initiative off the ground in the in the community to help encourage dads to step up and um, and that 's been doing great work um, for years so there's it really has to look at it from a variety of angles um, and um, but yeah, we need those, and we need good. We need well-funded schools. We need also. We need alternatives for kids who are falling through the cracks right now, like or dropping out. And so, I'm a big advocate for public charter schools. Uh, we have a few of them here in our area, um, and I think for the parents that are that were are fortunate enough to have their kids enroll in them, they really they really appreciate that. Um, so, we want well-funded uh, public schools. Well-funded. Um, alternative you know charter public charter schools to help meet um, you know help kids uh, realize their highest potential even if they 're not doing uh, succeeding in the in the mainstream public schools so um, we 've got to attack this from all angles, but again, I hate to keep i say it to sound like a broken record here but It all comes down to attracting and retaining the brightest and best teachers um, in those classrooms. And right now, teachers are leaving our classrooms in Virginia. So I'm quickly reading this. What about skilled trades, right? Skilled trades. Um, Talk about your platform on that. Yeah. So uh, a lot of this platform has to do with the supply of housing, but we also have to look at the demand and on the demand side. And so, how do we help the residents be able to increase their incomes to be able to afford the housing that we do have? Um, so we need again living wage jobs, skilled trades jobs. Um, you know, some of these skilled trades that we're always, you're always hiring for: HVAC, carpentry, plumbing. Those are very well-paying jobs, um, and a lot of the workforce in those jobs is aging. And so um, we have an opportunity, I think, a uh, responsibility to uh, steer encourage. more people, encourage more yeah. people. Um, not everybody's on a college track, nor should they be on a My
1: college. little brother is a high-profile,
0: high, high high-skill level. I think he's going to say something about a doctor here coming up next here is that what he's going to say is that next
1: no i actually asked him to borrow money <laughs> <laughs> i did actually
0: <laughs> i'm only they call uh, matthew the doctor in the family no no he's his name got michael, some, michael 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 so skilled yeah,
1: michael, yeah i mean he shows up with his little bag he does high-end trim carpentry go, kind there. of yeah. stuff he's in demand all the way across you know for forever no i was actually i i did one of my famous i was in richmond and left my wallet home, and I needed to get out of a parking garage, and I had to call my little brother and say, hey, man, could you come hook
0: me up and get me out of a parking right. garage? What would you make of uh, the k Uh Can I call it a saga? I think a I can saga. call it a saga. charlottesville Almoro Technical Education Center, now owned by Charlottesville. Yeah. Albemarle County previously tried to purchase k Tech from the city. Once Albemarle County made an offer... It engaged either side to have to buy the other one out. Charlottesville ended up buying Albemarle out, despite 70% of the student body living in Albemarle County. What would you make of that, K-Tex? Saga's fair.
2: Yeah, I was uh, really surprised at the outcome of that. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in those discussions, because it doesn't seem like it ended up the way that... people thought it was the math don't add up yeah i mean so um i don't know that we we've gotten the full story or maybe we'll never get the full story of how it ended up in city's hands but i will say um i was shocked and of course as a city taxpayer i'm uh you know it's probably a net plus for the city um how so uh well the city right now honestly needs more capacity and so it gives us another outlet. Or as we're looking to reconfigure our schools, if that gives us an option, you know, whether I, you know, I'm not on the city. So you're board. you're thinking
1: peeling it away from the trade and putting actual. I,
2: I mean, I'm just saying. I hope they don't. Okay, but I'm yeah. just saying, when you have assets, it gives you a chance to move things around if you need to. Or, um, but my, my best guess is it'll continue to operate as it is now. It won't end up having an impact on. Um, you know, the actual educational experience. But uh, if there's an opportunity at some point in the future to build a, a bigger k a more modern k um, it's be, it's been in that building for quite some time. It's, it needs probably some upgrades, and maybe it doesn't necessarily need to be in that spot. Maybe that spot becomes something else,
0: and then they, the city could build... Uh, well, they were struggling getting teachers, right? Oh, Yeah. They're struggling to get teachers to, uh, so here, look, there's your conundrum right there. Everybody wants to be a social media influencer when they grow up. No one wants to get into the skilled trades. They don't have enough teachers to teach the kids to learn the skilled trades. I mean, it's a cluster from every single side here. I mean, and, 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 and as a result, when you call an electrician, he says, I'll see you in six and a half weeks, and you owe me $872. Right,
1: right. Oh, and by the way, pay yeah. me before I show yeah.
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if you want your spot I literally high.
1: got a situation. We've got a septic field that needs to get replaced for a job. The guy will not show up until 50% is paid up. And, you
0: know, and I get it. And they're in high demand, and... uh want you have skin in the game. Let me ask you this. Uh, education's a perfect segue into one of your competitors, Katrina Colson. She sat in Keith Smith's seat about a month ago, Chairwoman, Albemarle County School Board, um, an attorney at Charlottesville City. Um, she is running for delegate. Uh, again, we will know June 20th, the primary. This race will be determined probably in the evening hours of the 20th of June. Who's going to win here? Carlson, where do you want to start? Um, <clears throat> I don't know Katrina Colson. Um,
2: I've you know uh, heard good things about her, and um, I'm not going to sit here and... Bad mouth either of my competitors. I'm focused on running my race and talking about you know my issues, whether it's mental health or affordable housing or economic opportunity or reproductive freedom, LGBT, all those. So um, I don't really, uh, again, uh, not having worked with her, not having um, interacted with her, um, I can't speak from any direct experience. Um, I do, do, you know, I, I think a lot of people were. Um, concerned about the boards um, kind of, you know, again, dragging their feet on the collective bargaining. They're finally now uh, uh, stepping up and it seems like there's a good process or an, a process in place. We'll see if it's good. But, um, so I'm hopeful that that's coming around. Um, but I just don't know enough about her to, you know, uh, sit here and um, dissect. Uh, I'm focused on my campaign and the reasons that I'm running and um, and I wish both uh, Katrina and Bellamy, all the best.
0: Honestly, the, the the race is a different race than it was a couple weeks ago. Because a couple of weeks ago, we had former Mayor Dave Brown in the race, and we had Deshaun Cooper in the race. Now Deshaun Cooper has refiled paperwork, and he's running for Charlottesville City Council. Mm-hmm. And Dave Brown made an announcement: "This is more work than I anticipated," and he kindly, you know, took the rear exit and got out of the race. So you got three candidates for one slot. For one slot. Uh, with the June 20th primary. I have to ask you about Bellamy. He's watching the program now. Bellamy Brown's also come on on the network to talk about his campaign. Separation points here. Um, And I know you've highlighted what's on the sheet of paper on your platform, but what are separation points between you and the other candidates?
2: Well, again, for me, I've been invested in this community for almost 30 years, and so I have a track record of accomplishment. I can point to numerous things in this community where I have helped to bring people together to get X, Y, or Z done, whether that's building housing uh, for the chronically homeless, whether that's starting Potchum, whether that's um, getting helping to get the uh, local energy alliance program, LEAP, off the ground. I was on the founding board of that, worked very closely with our state legislative delegation to get enabling legislation to help make that happen. Um, I've been involved with all kinds of initiatives over the years. Um, and I'm very proud of my record of service, uh, whether it's on education issues, whether it's on choice issues, reproductive freedom. Um, I've been an advocate for the LGBTQ community for many, many years. Long before marriage equality was legal, uh, I supported it and advocated and championed it. Um, and once it became legal, I actually performed dozens of... <laughs> Uh, same-sex marriages as a wedding officiant. So, um, I, I have, He's uh, in high demand as a wedding
0: officiant. <laughs> and so, um, um, it's the hair. It's the, it must be I the actually hair. bid to a wedding that Dave has done. It was fantastic. Oh, thank it, was you very, uh, it was very fluid, very smooth. <laughs> and you know, you did a good job of um, highlighting the connection between the, uh, the, it was a man and woman at this particular wedding, highlighting the connection and, and, and getting out of the way.
2: Well, that's that, thank you. That's what I yeah. try to do. Because yeah. some yeah. folks
0: linger. Oh, I know. And you know, know. it's like, come on now. We right. want to go to cocktail hour. <laughs> but you right. did it, and then you left. It but was that's, great.
1: That's a skill, that of is a skill of a seasoned politician, right? <laughs> because you sometimes need to know that's when to... That's the skill of
0: a public speaker.
1: Of a public speaker. Yeah,
0: that's, he's got that skill.
1: When you know when to, to shut up and... To stop. And, Living. I'm learning that, by the way. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm learning
0: that, by the <laughs> way. And he did it right. He stopped. And he, like, he, 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 everyone was happy. I was just very, very impressed. Oh, well, so you. You. Um,
1: I, I am trying to get... But Bell. has agreed to come on. We just couldn't get the schedules great, th- great. to work yep. on that. But yep. somewhere Should between... Should get Katrina as well? Somewhere yep. between the, the now and the 20th, we're going to get the two of you guys, in, if you're willing to do it, uh, and yeah, side be, by side. And we can, so. we'll get yeah. out of the way and, and ask some questions, help folks make, 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 a, make a decision.
0: Do That's you think... What do you think of the other races? I mean, you live in the city. I do. So I have I to ask you about yep. city council race. I yep. have to ask you about Sally versus Cree. Sure, sure. I have to ask you about Kellen and Amy. Sure. How about city council first? Five candidates. More competitive Five. now. Yeah, I know. I know. Bob Fenwick. Yeah. Got the signatures. He's there. Uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Lloyd Snook. You have Michael Payne and you have and I don't know her that well Natalie Oshrin. Natalie Oshrin. I need to know her Natalie's very impressive okay Uh, uh, we we actually work together in the wedding industry Charlottesville Um,
2: High School graduate works
0: at Pippin Hill yep yep Um, but
1: contested races matter and this is what's the most exciting to me about Charlottesville there's not this automatic coronation of three people or whatever it is so Um, um, this race this
2: race is all elections matter but this one in particular Yeah, it's, you know, um, we're getting back, and again, I apologize for my voice today. No problem, I'm in the same
0: boat, too. I'm in the same boat. Um,
2: We used to have city council elections in um, May, and then all the other elections were in November. And the thought by moving them from May to November was that, oh, we'll save money, and it'll be a more efficient process. Just lump it all in together in November. I actually think we lost something when we made that move, because I, as a as somebody who for decades literally has said we need to be paying, and I've said this on your show, we need to be paying more attention to local politics, local issues, because this, the decisions that are made in city council chambers, board of supervisors chambers have much more impact on our day to day lives Absolutely. in many cases than the, the whole decisions. All politics is local. Right, right. right. right.
0: That, that the elections other. were in May? When was the yeah. primary? Um, it was usually. Was that the general? <laughs>
2: That was the general. The general it was in, was in, in May. May. Wow, yes. okay, yeah. okay. And um, I was, when I ran first, uh, it was, I was among that very last class of people to get... Oh, thank you, Keith. I appreciate
0: it. Uh, good man over there.
2: He's 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 all right, yeah. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Would, I'm would you water. like another one, sir? No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Um, was, so, uh, so it was like 2005, 2006 when that change was made. And um, my point in saying that is... Here we are with as you said five city councilor uh, five city council candidates running for three nominations that should be a big deal that should be a, a big focus what of I'll attention don't. um and i and i worry that it's going to get swallowed up in this state senate race and in the state delegate race and there's just not going to be enough attention because there are a lot of big issues on council's agenda right now a lot of big issues on their radar screen and um and so i think this is an example of where we may have lost something when we went from. Well,
1: uh, this is what we're trying to do on Fridays, right? Coffee great. with the candidates. Great. Coffee with the like. Jerry and I are trying to bring in both state and local folks to have this conversation because this long format makes a difference, right? And we're not really getting that. Yeah. getting that yeah. out there. How so challenging
0: is it to come uh, overcome the uh, name recognition of an incumbent? Ooh. I mean, Snook and Payne got a. Snook and Payne are running for re-election. They got yeah. name recognition. Yeah, Cooper, I. You know, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. His future is extremely bright. Mm-hmm. Um, has he been on here yet? He yeah. has not. Okay. Has not. Anytime he wants to come on, he can come on. Um, Oshrin is, is new, mm-hmm. just like Cooper knew. Right. Fenwick has been on council one term. Mm-hmm. Um, Fenwick has history. Right. I'll right. say that's fair. He's that's got fair. history. He's got um, history. So what's the value of, the, of, of, of name recognition?
2: Well, I think in general, in politics, name recognition is the name of the game. And um, and so uh, it doesn't always carry the day. You know, when Bob ran for re-election, he, I think he came in last, actually. But um, uh, even though he was well-known.
0: In 2019, uh, yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah. And
2: so, um, and, and I'm not saying that to be... Dismissive about it was just or, a fact. It's just a yeah. fact. I like I like Bobby's. I, I just saw Bob last week. I see Bob all the time. <laughs> don't like right?
0: I see the van all the time. The van,
2: yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, Bob is uh, he's an iconoclast, and I love that about Bob. Um, but it has endeared him to some people, and maybe not endeared him to others. But. Um, Anyhow, um, but yeah, name recognition is huge in politics, uh, but it doesn't always carry the day, and neither does money. You know, I'm I'm going to be vastly outspent and outraised in my race, but um, money doesn't always win elections. If it did, we would be living under President Michael Bloomberg right now. You know, um, he had by far the most money of any any last what like two minutes, two Scaramuchis, or what? <laughs> two Scaramuchis. <laughs> <You spam. know? laughs> <laughs>
0: That's um, funny.
2: Good reference yeah, was, there. That I like was that. A, a wow. Political insider joke. <laughs> good good, but good um, reference. So, so yeah. anyhow, um, uh, so, but I think what people want to see is candidates who are invested in the community, who have are coming forward with clear ideas, and workable solutions to make this a better place. And so that's what these candidates have to do over the next. So,
1: to Jerry's point, this is a math problem. Right that was with the how many votes it takes you the win the win that because everything 's at large right, you know, I suspect you 'll see the two largest numbers with pain and snook, so then it 's just a matter of mm-hmm. somebody getting one more vote of the other three or, or is, right. is is there any reason to start changing the at large? Does it make sense to do? Um, districts or wards, or whatever right. you want to call it, does that make sense? Or we're just too small for that? I there? have
2: always felt like we were too small for wards. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, wards just introduced the whole notion of career gerry- politician. Well, just and gerrymandering. Politicians yeah. carving out districts to, to make, them make certain right. things They're choosing right. their own vote. You know?
1: And as a one who's been gerrymandered out <laughs> of a
2: district, <laughs> right.
1: I understand that. Yeah. I, I now need to drive all the way to Scottsville to vote, and I live in Lake Monticello. Right.
2: And I just think Charles is such a I think they didn't city. like me. They
1: really wanted to put me over there. It just kind of goes right around my house. I never understood that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm serious. It literally no, can, goes around yeah, my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not joking. Um, I'll throw this to you. You mentioned in the beginning of the program the race for Senate with Sally and Cree. Right, right. Yeah. You mentioned in your um, opening statement with this topic that, and you, you, you said it, you said uh, Cree moved into the district. Now, he did move into the district. That's, okay, that's 100% fine. Yeah. He moved into the district. Um, what do you make of that race? Do you call Cree an incumbent well, in this race? Yeah. Or is he not the incumbent because it's a new district?
2: Yeah, okay. it, it, A, it's a new district, and B, he was living in Bath County. Right? So you're saying so he's not the incumbent? I don't think of him as the incumbent. Okay, uh, he, he has he, name recognition. He certainly has name recognition. But, but he's not I can, an incumbent. I understand I people say, well, he did represent Charlottesville in in you know before and um, and I have worked with Cree on on legislation in the past and he's so an institution. He is an institution and that's um, uh, hard but, to beat. I, and I think you know Sally's uh, challenge is to help um, make the case why she's uh, um, you know uh, an alternative that better represents the the sensibility of this district. You know this new district that was created. Um, and that's the big question, is who better represents the sensibility of this district? Not who has been in office in that seat or in the Senate seat, but this is a new district, and who better represents that, dis- that new district? And she is making her best case right now, and she's getting out there. And um, But Cree is very well-liked, um, very well-respected, and, um,
0: and they're both raising... Gobs and gobs, so of money. much
2: money. So, um, what do you
0: think of the uh, the the power players and the the amounts of money that are being contributed to these campaigns here? Do yeah, you feel I mean, okay with that? Uh, well, I mean, I've
2: I'm an advocate. I've been an advocate for years for campaign finance reform. Virginia has very weak campaign finance reform, uh, campaign finance laws. Um, that you can essentially give unlimited amounts of money, which uh, there's no way that cannot have a toxic impact on. Politics and on legislation, legislating, um, and so I, I was the first candidate in this race uh, to sign on to the American Promise Pledge, which basically commits us to advocating for undoing the Citizens United decision at the Supreme Court, which um, uh, basically allows donors a you know open <laughs> carte blanche to uh, influence uh, policymakers, legislators, politicians. Um, uh, it's really tilted things much more in the direction of the wealthy and the powerful. And I think in this country, you know, the the working class um, gets shafted left and right. And um, we need candidates who are going to stand up for the little guy and the little gal. And um, um, and I, I have chosen not to spend hours a day begging rich people for money for my campaign. Um... It's just not when I'm wired, that's not how I'm wired. I realize it gives me fewer resources to work with, but I'm okay with that. I can sleep well at night. I, and um, my whole reason for running is to make life better for the working man, the working woman of Virginia, and for all the people that are struggling, the people that don't have access to the resources that
0: a privilege few have access to, and God bless them. But um, I'll put that on perspective here, and this is me talking here, Jerry. Um, Sonia Smith, for example, in the last year, $646,000 in contributions to Virginia campaigns. This, according to VPAP.org, including nearly 50000 for Sally Hudson's campaign. That's a lot of money. It is and a lot one money. year. That buys a lot of signs. And if it? you, VPAP is a fantastic website if you really want to get into the numbers. Um, you can search by, by name and really dig deep here. Um, I, I really respected what you said there. I don't think these races should be, I mean, what's it called? Is it a kingmaker? Sure, sure. No, I do yeah, The kingmaker yeah. is a scary proposition, Keith Smith.
1: Well, it used to be. It used to be like in the old days, like in Chicago, right? That kind of thing. But you did say earlier, which I agree with. You know, you can win this without a gobs of money, right? Oh, I, so I
0: intend to. That's yeah, I know. I've never. I know you well right. <laughs> enough to know
1: you're putting 110 yeah, percent in. 110. Yeah. What's the What's the, the
0: strategy t- look like? The tactical strategy. Uh, it's What's been just getting out and,
2: and talking. We've had many, many, many opportunities now, and we have many more planned in the, in the home stretch here to get out and talk to voters, the meet and greets and different events. For me, it's also very important to talk about why I'm running, which are the issues that are laid out on my platform. It's not just talking points. Um, uh, it's about the opportunity to create positive change. And again, I have a track record of doing that. And so I, I'm trying to show how I can bring that same work ethic and mentality and ability to the state level and try and get positive change. Um, uh, you know, yeah, so just engaging with voters, talking about the issues. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I do my best. I, I also happen to work a full-time job, as I, as I know other candidates do. I'm not alone in that. Um, and I have other obligations but um and i have my wedding business and i have my kids and so it's it's not something i can do full-time campaigning um but i'm doing a lot so can you fit in the job of being a, a representative oh absolutely that? actually yeah. it works really well for um my shorter life yeah, yeah. it's a
1: lot different than on the city council right right right
2: because you have this burst of activity right the general right. assembly yeah. meets either one or folks two don't months know that. a year yeah January, some sessions are 30-day sessions, some are 60-day sessions, and they're always uh, January or January-February, which also happens to be the two slowest wedding months of the year. Um, and so uh, for me, as somebody who's much of my I, – I do almost 100 weddings a year. I, I perform almost 100 marriages a year. And so um, – but – Virtually none in January and February. So we've got to
1: keep you in mind, we're on year 38 and our 40th. And we're going to renew our vows for, oh, for the fourth time, right? Oh. So, Yona, my wife, has married me three times, so I, I, there's no excuses, right?
0: I think you got it. I, I think you I'm good.
1: It. I can stop selling this one you after, got after 38 no, years. I, think,
0: I, think, I was really worried I think she's about She stuck it. with you, Keith. But, uh, <laughs>
1: she stuck with me? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, <laughs> say all, so, the all, all the
0: above.
1: All of the above. I, you know, I've got some texts Do we want to go back and talk about the Drewberry. Oh yeah. Do we want
0: to attack do,
2: do we want to attack ta- I wonder if it's the ta- same
0: person reaching out to you that's reaching out um, to you. Well, she
2: reached out to me too, so I'm just going to jump in if Yeah, please. So one yeah. of our one of your listeners and yeah. somebody I know in the community. Um, this was a male on my end, but got Oh, female oh. on my end. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I've said, uh, my opinion on the Dewberry, which used to be the landmark. Um you know, I was at the groundbreaking for it when I was mayor of Charleston and that was Two thousand nine I believe so it's been a lingering a festering sore uh, uh, you know on on the downtown mall for many years now um, and uh, my attitude with in terms of mr. Dewberry himself has been um, you know he pays he listens to dollars to do, he he, <laughs> he you can't listen to dollar signs but he pays attention to dollar signs and um, I have felt for quite some time now that, that really the It seems to me the the only truly viable solution is for the city and its partners to assemble a team of investors who will buy him out and get that project done. And I'm not saying is that
1: even feasible. Why why would he again? He pays
2: attention to dollar signs. If you make it worth worth his while, I'm not saying pay him. Ten times what it's worth, but I'm just saying that might t- that might be what it takes. I don't think so. He's a smart businessman. He's he, he spent a lot
0: of taxes. I think it's like seventy five thousand right. a in taxes,
2: and he's milking it, right? So he's uh, wait, you know, he what do we call it? call the just,
0: Emperor of Empty Lots. This is what he does. I've yeah. I've uh, changed that moniker oh, what to you? the uh, Extorting Emperor. There you go. Of empty That's lots has wearing and, no clothes, right? <laughs> well, it has to have ease for the alliteration. Extorting <laughs> <laughs> Emperor of empty got yeah. it right. Yeah.
2: And when I say A smart businessman, what I mean is he knows how to work the system. That's his business. Yeah, see,
0: so, okay, Neil Neil says property owners have rights as well, Mr. Norris, and I'm going to play devil's advocate for the sake of a talk show. Right. Ready? Yeah. Devil's advocate for the sake of a talk show. Early in the show, we were talking about ADUs and how if you were elected, you would empower the homeowner to do what he or she can do with their property, specifically ADUs. Hmm. Mr. Dewberry is paying his taxes. Right, so is this that's not why I say same the, circumstance of property the city rights? options are limited in
2: terms of what they can require him to do. So that's, that's my so whole point. So how can we fix my that? My whole point is let's dangle a, a carrot in front of his face and say we have assembled a team of buyers. The city knows a lot of people in this locality and, and beyond who could come together and, and say we're going to put a package together that's going to make it worth your so, while. So we do that.
1: What yes. do we do with it then? Let's say we put, the, put it together. We Probably them,
0: tear it down, unfortunately.
2: That's exactly well, that's the what first question to. that people have you to have get to. Tear some, it down. You have You're, to tear it down. It's at the point that well, that needs yeah, to Yeah, I'm not a struct, structural yeah. engineer. And you get the dirt. Um, but it's still a very um, it's a very exciting opportunity to do something very creative sure. on the downtown mall. I mean, how many development sites are there on the downtown mall? You know, And so... Um, I can tell you from a structural perspective, I
1: know this much about it, uh, that's been in the weather far too long without a skin on it, and that is a tension, steel, concrete, and it is rusting internally mm-hmm. out. Um, also, other than a hotel, because of the floor over floor is so low on it, it can't be converted into condos or no, anything anything no. like that. No, But other than, I have an idea on this, but other than... What, tiny, uh, tiny apartments? Actually, this is the first time our chemistry is not working in no. quite a while. That is not exactly <laughs> really? what I, yeah, okay. I, I was thinking. Um, what other tools does the city have or can create to help fix this well,
0: other than purchasing? I mean, the city it? tried, okay? The city, I'm gonna, I, I am no now Dewberry Now we're back, we're back on the. Chemistry. I'm no Dewberry fan. I, I, he's the extorting, extorting emperor of empty lots. I'm no Dewberry fan. I will say that he is paying his taxes. Lloyd Snook on the show has said we cannot eminent domain him, and he has property rights. That's what he said on the show. Um, I, think the, uh, I think the city really has its hands tied. Uh, it's, it's, its hands tied. I think what it should consider is some kind of tax incentive, potentially for Dewberry to develop. It offered a parking package. Michael, in a lot of ways, kiboshed that parking package some years ago uh, as, as he was running for Charlottesville City Council, Michael Payne. I think we have to incentivize him somehow. There is but gonna- you're
2: rewarding bad behavior in doing that. So, so, so I would I would partially agree with you in that let's figure out what a tax
0: package could look like but not for him for this new investor. But comes- but here's the promise and I respect right. I respect the comment of re- rewarding bad behavior. You're 100% right. But if you buy this building with a group of investors, you're taking good money and throwing in into after bad money. What's the saying? That's like, exactly the saying. Because the city, what, the city would then own the most valuable piece no, of dirt I'm sorry. on a downtown I'm sorry. or a group of investors would. Thank you. I, I was saying yeah. the city
2: could help assemble a group of I'm not saying the, the city should be one of those investors. Yeah. I'm
0: saying the city should Stakeholders, be. Stakeholders, like Ludwig and Allen. But, yeah.
2: but gentlemen,
1: there is going to come a point when that's a safety hazard.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And then you can, that's then, been up since and then eminent domain could be uh, invoked, you know. If it have, gets to be a blighted structure, that's, we don't. I don't think that we have a, an
1: ordinance that oh, defines. Oh,
2: absolutely. We like, have an ordinance. I'm that saying if it. the we the city can condemn blighted structures right now and has done so, um, and and that's there's been some argument about whether this meets those criteria yet. Um, some people say yes, some people say no. But if you start to see it. Um, Start to disintegrate or start to
1: well. When it gets to that point, it's right. just going to come down. Right. 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 So, and I know they've yeah. had engineers go in there and look at it, and I'm sure at some point they're going to relook at it again. I'm just telling you, somebody knows a little bit about this kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. At some point in time, it's going to have a be, be structurally unsound. Um, when that is. I'm not enough of an engineer to tell you that, but at some. And I would in just time... love
0: to give this guy, and I completely understand Dave's point of of hooking a guy up that's trying to rake the city over the coals. But no. give this guy some kind of tax package, parking package, and then recoup the revenue that comes from meals taxes and lodging taxes. Let's just get this. This monstrosity off the skyline.
1: So sometimes you have to take the path of least resistance. Do what you don't want to do. Sometimes reward bad behavior, right? Just to get to the betterment for everybody. Because Dewberry the...
0: knows he's got us. Oh, without it. And he's also stung. Well, to Dave's
1: point. This is his. Mo- this is his model. This is this his business is his model. But he's, yeah.
0: he's also stung because of how the negotiation happened with the parking piece. That's exactly. In the right. bottom of the ninth inning, because he feels the city negotiated in bad faith. So I almost, and Snook pretty much said that on the show.
1: So I almost wasn't going to bring this up, but I flipped my page over. I'm All going right, to bring it up. right, let's bring it up. Um, what are we bringing up? Back to this red tape, back to this base conversation. I, I have to leave individuals out of it and specific properties out of it because it was a confidential conversation. So I'm going to dance around this sure. a little carefully. Okay. But there is a very um, a perfect parcel within the city of Charlottesville that could meet affordable housing needs. Could on a transit line that could have um, nonprofits in the bottom, you know, everybody can extrapolate the parcel from that, right? I was meeting with certain individuals involved in that project yesterday and. They are flabbergasted because the city is requiring this individual, this organization, to show them their profit and loss. They want to know how much money they're making in order to agree to work with them. And that doesn't have a damn thing to do Mm -hmm. in the conversation. So what's going to happen, because we have certain individuals that don't know how to negotiate, that don't know how to put under those four pillars that's gonna probably go market, which we're not gonna get 100 units. We're not gonna get a place for home for nonprofits. It is not gonna help anybody out. And they ultimately is gonna go that path. So that's this red tape into green tape. You know, it's, it's, it's right, a rules right. kind of thing. But I was flabbergasted to hear that. And I'm gonna backstop it and make sure that's really happening and have questions yeah, with, with yeah, local, local yeah. folks. But if that meant, if that thinking doesn't
2: change, We're not going to get anywhere. Right, right. And that's where you need champions. You need champions on city council. You need champions on the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. You need champions in the General Assembly. You need champions to make this stuff happen. Like, I can't tell you how many times on city council um, I had small business owners, everyday residents, homeowners, others come to me and say, I'm having... An issue with this city department, that city department. I'm getting the runaround here, the red tape here. And um, I tried to do my best. Um, You know, the mayor doesn't run the city, obviously, but I tried to do my best to intervene, um, to advocate. You have some weight. I mean, you you have weight. You have weight. And there were certain um, city department heads, and I don't want to call anybody out because I don't want to get them in trouble, but there were certain city department heads. There was one in particular who ran a major city department, and I knew. If I called that person up and I explained the situation, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this, can you help? That they would they would work through that bureaucratic log So, so
1: to tie and, this back to your race, your, your house race. Mm-hmm. So out in the western states, if this particular project checked all the boxes... Mm-hmm the local jurisdiction would have nothing to say about it because it would automatically mm. get approved. I, I think that's a long stretch for us. Right. That I, don't, is, I don't see
2: that happening. But yeah, in, in, our, right.
1: in our state, right. but, but the ADUs is a small step forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it, guys. Coffee with the Candidates on a Friday is literally <laughs> one of my favorite shows. And it took almost a whole coffee for me to get going. You guys are uh, fantastic. So, Dave, um, you want to send folks to the website, right? Votefordave.org. Votefordave.org. Uh,
2: early voting starts May 5th. Uh, you can vote at the county office building or city hall. Um, uh,
0: financial contributions through the website?
2: Through the website um, and uh, information on the platform, how you can get involved. If you want my yard signs are in finally. If you want a yard sign, I would love to send my team out to deliver. We will deliver a yard sign to your doorstep um, if you want to get involved as a volunteer. It's all on votefordave.org. My platform. I have a running blog there, talking about issues and t- talking about the campaign with updates. I have a uh, section with all the news articles about the campaign. So there's a lot there. I ju- oh, and just yesterday, thanks to a new volunteer, <laughs> um, I am not a social media. Uh, I mean, I'm on. I've been on Facebook forever, but I'm not. Particularly savvy when it comes to social media. Um, and I have now an Instagram page. Oh, nice. I'm now like finally caught up to like 2010. <laughs> so, a job oh, made. <laughs> uh, for the campaign, not for me personally. But um, so I'm on Instagram now. Um, uh, so, yeah. And uh, we've got, um, I, 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 I don't want to say anything in too much detail because I don't want to give away, but uh, mark your calendars. Oh. June 10th, I've got a big event you're not going to want to miss i'm really excited about it june 10th you will be hearing more about that soon i'll, so. I'll
1: put it on my calendar yes dave thank you so much yeah, man. uh man um, uh, for me to sit here and shut up takes a little <laughs> bit so thank you uh thank you for doing that. Thank you for, I'm going to jumble the words around a little bit because I prefer housing, okay. affordability. Okay. Yeah, housing affordability, your housing platform affordability platform on it. A little real estate thing, as I've been watching the, the seven day counter, as you guys have been chatting, we're up to 90 homes on the market. Get out there. We only have 70 that went in the last seven, oh. the seven days. So we, we're we starting to see a flip here. Yeah. We're starting to see, I think you're going to start seeing inventory tick up. I, I will say this same week last year was, one hundred and twenty. So we're not as much right, as right, we were right. last year, but we're starting to uptick a little it's bit. So in the right get out there and start looking. If you're in the market, look at some houses, houses, and yes, to Jerry's point, I do actually sell. He's a realtor. i a realtor. He's a realtor. He's
2: a realtor. He's well, a realtor. And, uh, and and again, not just blowing smoke, but you're. a uh, you've been a real champion you've been one of those champions thank for you. housing affordability thank i won't you. say affordable thank housing housing affordability you say whatever you want and, <laughs> uh, um and uh you know i work every day with with uh shekinah mitchell who's yep. now running the the land trust and sh- she was a great hire by the way and, thank you um, sh- uh, but that work that seed that you helped to plant is
0: just sprouting everywhere now so thank, well, thank
1: you. you thank you thank
0: yeah. dave norris keith smith you guys great show Thank Excellent you, work. It's Excellent work. Pleasure. Judah Wickower, the director of the show, Archive, com. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us. Take care. Thanks, well, Dave. Oh, man. Thank you. Easy, easy.
2: Thank you for no, the awesome. opportunity. Sorry about the – is it allergies or cold? No.